Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So I have some news to share with you. Uh, the book, the first book, the original book, Brightline Eating, The Science of Living Happy, Thin and Free is published now as of this month in paperback, in paperback. So it wasn't in paperback before, it was in hardcover. Now I'm talking about in America. Um, yeah, so it's been published in tons of languages around the world. And I don't, it, the way that works is that publishing companies in different countries, representing different languages and, uh, you know, publishing distributions, uh, buy the rights from Hay House and um, they publish the book in, they translate it, they're responsible for the translation and they put it out in those. So I don't know, uh, in other countries it might have been published in paperback already where you live if you live not in the United States. But I'm talking about in the United States, the book is out in paperback. Now, as I record this video right here, it's January of 2021 and the book was originally published in March of 2017. So 2017 to 18 was one year, 19, 20, 21. That's almost four years that the book existed just in hardcover, not in paperback. Uh, that's a really long time. And it's actually something for us as a community to be proud of because the reason they kept it in hardcover all that time is because it was still selling like gangbusters. Um, the book just sells. Why does it sell? Because you keep sharing it with your friends and family. You keep talking about it. Um, maybe you specifically, if not you specifically, then other people who are tuning into this vlog, you know who you are. You are responsible for this book just continuing week in, week out, month in, month in, out, year in, year out uh, to sell. We don't do any advertising for the book or or whatever. It's still available in Barnes and Noble. I posted on Facebook. I took my daughter Zoe to New York City in December and um, we just walked into a Barnes and Noble out of the blue on Fifth Avenue. And sure enough, both the original book and the cookbook were available multiple copies in this Barnes and Noble in New York City. So almost four years it took for them to finally decide to publish the book in paperback. So it's in paperback now. And uh, that just means, you know, it's cheaper basically. Um, so yay for that. And I thought to commemorate it, I would share with you four things about the book that you might not know, even if you've read it. Um, okay, the first thing is, um, I honestly thought I was going to hate that book. I thought I was gonna be very disappointed in it. Um, and the reason was I had in my head this idea of what that book could be. And, and you probably do know this or you might, but the whole purpose of this whole bright line eating thing originally was just to write a book, right? That was the, that was the impetus, the seed, the beginning of the whole thing was in my morning meditation on January 26th, 2014, uh, I heard write a book called Bright Line Eating. And I'd never heard the words Bright Line Eating before. I'd never thought those words, but I, I kind of knew what they meant because I'd just been studying the psychology of bright lines um, 
basically out of a line from Roy Baumeister's book, Willpower. Um, so I knew what bright lines were. So bright line eating was obvious. I knew what that meant, but I, it didn't feel like it came from me. It felt like it, it, it was like a mandate. It just, it was so strong, um, that I rearranged my whole life to follow up on that starting the very next day. So the whole point was to write a book, but in getting together a following so that I could get an agent, so that I could get a publisher, um, I inadvertently started the Bright Line Eating email list. That was still just all a, a plot, to, a plan to get an agent and a publisher. But the email list took off and then people started demanding answers to questions that I realized they needed a course. So I created the boot camp and then the boot camp took off. And suddenly there was this sort of avalanche that happened over here when I was originally trying to write a book. I got distracted for years. I didn't actually get a book proposal finished. I never worked to secure an agent and a publisher. Uh, this bright line eating email list thing and then the boot camp sort of galloped away with me and suddenly I was doing that and I was teaching these boot camps and um, I got introduced to Ocean Robbins through uh, Sage Levine and Ryan Eliason um, and and Ocean Robbins partnered with me to offer a boot camp in tandem and he brought his whole universe his you know 350,000 food revolution network uh email list and all of his affiliate partners and suddenly our email list mushroomed from at that point it was like 10,000 people and it mushroomed to 110,000 people in 2 weeks and I don't know, 2,000, 2,500 people signed up for the boot camp or something. So I'm talking about now 2015, um, September of 2015. Um, and this is like, you know, a year and a half after I'd, I'd gotten this message, write a book called Bright Line Eating. I still hadn't gotten a book proposal together. I was like busy trying to build this following and then fell into this rabbit hole. So now we've got 2,500 boot campers to serve and I started hiring people um, to help me serve them, C customer support reps. And uh, I think I hired 18 people that month or some such. I, maybe we had six to start off and we ended up with 18. I don't know, my husband would know, but I, I maybe hired as many as like 14, 15 people in a six week stretch of time. He, my husband had a joke around that time. Um, he was like, wait for it, wait for it, wait. She just hired someone. <laughs> Um, I was hiring people so fast. So that was at the end of 2015 to serve all these boot campers. Then the boot camp ended in December of 2015, and we still had 18 full time employees. Um, so in 2016, now this is the year that I had to write the book. I did end up getting an agent and a publisher. Mostly they approached me after I had this following, um, word got around and, um, the publisher Hay House came to me and said, we want to make you an offer for a book. And I was like, oh good, I'm trying to write a book. Right. I'm trying to write a book. So I signed a contract with Hay House. And now in 2016, I had to write the book and I was busy trying to figure out how to not fire those 18 people. Um, I loved them. I, I never intended to have any employees doing the Sprite Line Eating thing, but, but the employees became 
the lifeblood, like my heart and soul of doing this became the team. I just loved the team and how we all worked together and how dedicated we were to serving people. And I didn't want to fire anybody. So, um, so we had to bring in a lot of money somehow to, to make payroll. And what that meant was we had to launch the Brightline Eating Bootcamp over and over and over again. But, you know, launching a boot camp is like, you know, I could stand out in Times Square with a with a bullhorn going, OK, Bright Light Eating Boot Camp is starting and, you know, no one would sign up for it. So uh, figuring out how to get people enrolled in the boot camp became a big thing. And the way to do it turned out to be to for me to go to live events where Internet marketers hang out, meet people who had email lists like 50,000 people, 100,000 people on an email list make friends with them and get them to send emails for me. Um, so I ended up doing that. I was traveling a lot and super busy. And then we were launching boot camps. Like in 2016, we launched the boot camp in January, in February, in March. Then in April, we did the first live event in San Diego. Then we launched the boot camp again in June. It was crazy. We were launching the boot camp all the time. I was super busy doing that um, and traveling to meet people to send emails for these boot camps that we were launching. And um, so in the midst of this, I was trying to write the book and I was so busy and I had three little kids and um, I wasn't still teaching college classes. Thank God I had um, I had gotten a leave of absence from the board of trustees. But um, I thought I would hate the book because I thought I wouldn't dedicate enough time to it for it to um, be good, basically. And I developed a process of writing the book that ended up working out. And a lot of it had to do with taking um, vlogs and bootcamp content that was already created and getting transcripts written and getting support. And um, yeah, like uh, I ended up going away on a writer's retreat in June of 2016. That ended up being really, really helpful. Um, and even then, I thought I was not going to like the book. I, I really had a deep sinking pit in my stomach that this book was going to be, um, that it was just going to be bad news. It was going to be ill-conceived. Like it was, it was going to fall flat. It wasn't going to come close to conveying uh, what I wanted to convey and just being as brilliant as I knew it could be. I just knew it could be a great book. And I, I, I thought I was going to regret for the rest of my life, putting this book out into the world and not doing it justice. Um, and that is not what happened. I ended up loving the book. Like I really, really love this book. I, I feel so proud of it. I pick it up sometimes and I start reading and um, I just get captivated. Like I just love it. It's, it's exactly what I wanted to say. It's exactly what I wanted to say. So that's the first thing. I thought I was going to hate the book, and I don't. I really, really love the book. Okay. The second thing is um, my favorite thing about the book. My favorite thing about the book uh, actually is the drawings. The drawings. I love the drawings. And the drawings came about um, as the result of a really intensely hard won lesson. Uh, I've learned a lot here doing this bright line eating thing through, um, falling flat on my face and being corrected by you over and over and over again. Um, so 
I wanted drawings in the book, drawings of the brain, drawings of rats, you know, whatever, do in, in experiments, right? Like pressing levers and uh, being obese or skinny, you know, based on their leptin uh, genetics and all this stuff, right? And um, I had this uh, completely ignorant, naive perspective of like, oh, I'll just see if there's someone on my list who likes to draw and wants to, um, you know, sort of submit drawings and, um, you know, they'll be in the book and that'll be like fun for them to be in the book. And I sort of wrote this email to the list, like, do you draw, wanna be in the book? And it was clear that I was not thinking I was going to pay people for their drawings because I wasn't. I was thinking, I was thinking drawing, not being an artist myself. I had a com- probably a very uh, tired, stereotypical perspective on art, right? That, oh, it's just something people like to do. They just like to draw. So it'll be fun for them. They'll draw and be in my book. It was like just, and the scathing emails that we got back, Susan, you know, how dare you just think that someone's going to volunteer their uh, professional skill just to be in your book, like shame on you. And, um, I was like, oh my God, they're so right. They're so right. So I wrote this apology email and I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And um, yeah, I'll pay you. Like, absolutely. So we have a, uh, a contract job here available. We need an artist to draw drawings and we will pay you. And here's what we'll pay. And whew, oh my gosh. So um yeah, had to grow up and learn that lesson really fast. And from that next email, this uh, artist in Italy submitted some drawings. And I don't think she was much more than a teenager. I believe she was in her, like maybe 20 years old, perhaps in her early 20s, but I don't think so. She might've actually still been in her teens. And she had the most beautiful hand like her drawings just melted my heart her name is cinzia damante cinzia damante in italy and we had a language barrier we had to sort of work out communicating and uh her drawings are my favorite part of the book now um my favorite bit of data in the book comes in chapter four um, which is the chapter on the susceptibility scale. And it's in a little section called skinny highs and big lows. And it's a table that presents data on weight status, like uh, BMI status, like underweight, normal weight, overweight, obese, very obese, right? Um, weight by food addiction susceptibility score, like low susceptibility, mid-range food addiction susceptibility, highly food addicted, right? And it shows that stunningly, there is not that strong a correlation at all. And it confirms this, um, oh, this deep understanding that I've had for a very, very long time that it really, uh, in terms of who's most similar 
it is not about how much you weigh. It's about where you are on the susceptibility scale. That the slender bodied person who is insanely obsessed with food has more in common with the heavier person who is obsessed with food um, than with a heavy person who can kind of take it or leave it, but just ends up being overweight because, you know, they don't eat that healthy and they don't have that strong of a metabolism, right? But it's not that they're food addicted. Anyway, I love that table. Uh, many of the cells in it are mind blowing to me. For example, if you just look at the two weight categories that are most likely to be high on the susceptibility scale, it's the very obese, which makes sense, and the underweight. The underweight are more likely to be highly food addicted than the obese and the overweight the underweight. Again, just speaking to um, food addiction having two sides, right? And it's a mental game. And the, the psychology of food addiction can just as easily train you to restrict food and get too thin as it can train you to overeat food and make you morbidly obese. So anyway, that's my favorite little bit of data is that table. I study that table sometimes. It's so fascinating. And then finally, um, an experience that you might not know about, at the very end of the book, the, the tail end of the last chapter, that's about, you know, the conclusion, just uh, living this way. And, and uh, I was writing that last chapter. I was trying to get it written before we had to go on this trip, but my husband and I drove with our kids across country one summer. Um, I guess this must have been, you know, 2016. That's when it would have been. Um, so we're driving with our kids across country. And um, my husband has a Ford F-150 pickup truck. And I think in the back, we'd folded up the seats. So it was just a big open area in the back, not in the truck bed, but like, you know, in the king cab behind behind where we were sitting. And our three little girls, you know, were curled up sleeping and it was past midnight and I put this in the book like I we were driving I believe at that time across Utah and Utah is just so some parts of Utah are so beautiful right I don't know if you have ever driven across the country and driven through Utah but whew, Utah is so beautiful and it was past midnight and there was this big moon this big moon and I had my laptop open and I was finishing the book and I was writing the last words of the book. And I decided to just put it in there. I was having a spiritual experience, like reflecting back on how much had happened in the, you know, roughly just over two years since I'd gotten that message in my morning meditation to write a book called Bright Line Eating and how, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in over a hundred countries had participated in Brightline Eating and lost hundreds of thousands of pounds. And our online community was so loving and thriving. And um, I was watching that moon and the inky sky and the hum of this, this truck going across these big, expansive roads and mountains and sky 
And I just felt the touch of the great mystery, just providence moving with us. And so I put it in the book. As I finished this book and, you know, driving across country with my husband and our three little daughters as they sleep in the back in the Ford F-150 pickup truck. And when I read that now, I choke up. Like I can feel the spiritual experience that I was having that night as I looked at the moon shining across Utah. And I think there's a lot of parts in that book where you can feel the touch of the magic that was happening. <sighs> so the book is out in paperback almost four years later. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I love you. You bless me more than you realize. I hope that this movement blesses you. And I'm so grateful to be with you on this journey. I'll see you next week.